Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. Some say perception is reality, but is it? If perspective is sending data to the brain into the heart, establishing a right or correct relationship between two things, then perception is a mental process used to form impressions of analyzed data. In other words, see it like this. Perspective is what you see and perception is what you think and believe. How can we trust with a finite mind being flawed and a sinful nature, I might add, that what we observe is worthy as designating as good and retainable. There is actually only one way to know for sure that what you see is what you get or that the picture you observe is worth believing. You know. What does Jesus say? You got your tanks. Let's dive in. This segment is titled Discipleship the Way of Life, Seeing and Hearing. You remember years ago that there were people wearing those flexible bracelets with the letters WWJD, which stood for What Would Jesus Do? You know, WWJD. Did you have one? And if you did, did you do what Jesus would do? Or was it just a fad and the fad is over? Why would you want to do what Jesus does? And if it was a fad, did your actions, you know, your deeds, go into the storage with the bracelet? So seeing, the ability to be nearsighted, farsighted, keen-sighted, or eagle-eyed, if you will, the difference is glasses and the effectiveness of the one's eyes given by the Creator Himself. And that's the plain old truth. And of course, you know that NGA applies and the NGA of seeing would be blind. Now you have physical seeing, but my fellow disciples, I'm here to testify that there is more to it than your pupil, cornea, iris, and lens, just to name a few parts of the eye. You see, that's the physical, but did you know that a person can physically see, but spiritually be as blind as a star-nosed mole? And that, my fellow disciples, is spiritual blindness. And a person with spiritual blindness, excuse me, a person with physical blindness and spiritual eyesight can actually see better than someone with 20-20 vision. That reminds me of my great-grandmother Amy. We called her Little Graham. She was physically blind, but she had eagle eyes spiritually. You can believe that. You see, little Graham displayed a spiritual life that I didn't recognize because at the time I was spiritually blind and dead in my trespasses and sin. It wasn't until God removed the scales from my eyes and given me a new heart did I understand her and remember little Graham's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know, the evidence of God's work and word and spirit alive in her. She was a disciple of Jesus. Praise God. I would say at the time, little Graham did love me. And I can tell you, she loved Jesus. And the love of God was flowing from God through little Graham to me. But she never wore one of those bracelets. There you have it again, my fellow disciples, NGA. You either see or are blind. Again, 
let me remind you, there's no gray area with God. If you're trying to live your life in the middle on the truth of God, His Word and commands, I'm just going to remind you, there's no scaffolding, walkways, or planks in the chasm. As I mentioned in the intro, who has the answers? Well, my fellow disciples, it's God. I was trying to express spiritual blindness, and the only place I could go to give you the truth is God's Word, my fellow disciples. God's Word. So listen to this. It's Isaiah 6, 9 through 12. Listen to what God is saying and the picture yourself as that disciple, truly desiring to do the will and work of the Father. You know, because what you see and hear with your own eyes and ears. That's where many that are being held captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ, as Colossians 2 testifies, it can happen. And, my fellow disciples, you know that what God says is true, and I will testify and remind you it will happen just like God said it would. That's the simple truth. Now, as a disciple of Jesus, you should have his word implanted in you by the work and power of God the Holy Spirit. And James 1.21 is the confirmation of God's workmanship in your life. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness in humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. Now, you know and live out Jesus' command given in the Great Commission. But, my fellow disciples, there are times all throughout history of humanity when God has had enough. And who is going? Is it you, my fellow disciples? And it ain't because you raised your hand voluntarily. You can believe that truth. It's you. How blessed are the feet, right? Well, just do the will of the Father, and Isaiah 6 confirms this truth, and all I can say is, look around you. You tell me, what do you see? So here's what the testimony of God is in Isaiah 6, 9 through 12. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. He said, Go and tell this people, Keep on listening, but do not perceive. Keep on looking, but do not understand. Render the hearts of this people insensitive, their ears dull and their eyes dim. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and return and be healed. Then I said, Lord, how long? And he answered, until cities are devastated and without inhabitant, houses are without people, and the land is utterly desolate. The Lord has removed men far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. The Word of God. Again, Jesus explains the parable of the sower, Matthew thirteen eleven through 13 Jesus answered them, 
To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. For whoever has, to him more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because while seeing they do not see, and while hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Sounds like to me you can have eagle eyes and acute hearing in this physical realm, yet be spiritually blind and deaf. That's the plain old truth. Yet, you want to know why I'm on fire for living out God's truth and diving deep with DL? It's this, my fellow disciples, this. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it, and hear what you hear and did not hear it. That's all in Matthew 13 as well. It's truly God's word that keeps his disciples encouraged to press on. You know, as a disciple of Jesus, you understand the grace of God and better than those whose house is on the hill behind the gates, better than that person with the greatest intellectuals and specialists the greatest leaders in untried philosophy because they are strangers to the only true God and you're a child of the only true God, my fellow disciples. You have understanding and they are pontificating on what they think is truth and you know the truth and the truth with a capital T and his name is Yeshua Amashiach. It's God that has the keys to the kingdom. And you can be sure they ain't just laying on the table so somebody can walk by and pick them up. And spiritual hearing, God. God is the provider of spiritual healing. And of course, I know you're always gonna want proof. So I'm gonna give you some proof. It's Matthew 13, nine. He who has ears, let him hear. Well, that's a command of Jesus. He who has ears, let him hear. Let me ask you, do you think there was someone standing behind other people with their hands over their ears? No, 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 my fellow disciples. That's a command of God. They're deaf. Listen, so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. As Romans 10, 17 testifies, that would be the let him hear. Now, if you were standing in the presence of Jesus the day he gave that command, and God has granted you hearing in a predetermined plan and time by his foreknowledge, on that day, my brothers and sisters, fellow disciples, you will begin to spiritually hear. That's the plain old truth. And if it doesn't, it's because he didn't. No matter how hard someone tries to get you to listen. Here's the truth of God. The seeing eye and the hearing ear is the work of God to his disciples that are being sanctified. And this is how and the who. It's Proverbs 20:12. The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made both of them. 
It doesn't matter how good and successful the optometrist or the audiologist is. If God doesn't open the heart, the eyes, and ears, you're dead, my fellow disciples. Spiritually dead. You see, when new life comes to the dead, change occurs. I'm testifying to the truth. Listen to these promises and truths of God. It's 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. Colossians 1, 12-14 Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And I want to say one thing, if you just listen to Colossians 1, 12-14, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance in the saints of light, for he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son. It's the Father. It's the Father. It's the Father. That's who rescued us. Do you want to know why? Well, here's why. It's Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. And Colossians 2, 13. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead, when you were dead in the transgressions and uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Praise God! And as a disciple of Jesus, you live out 2 Corinthians 5-7. We walk by faith, not by sight. And the reason why? Because your eyes will lie to you. My fellow disciples, you have the favor of God. And with that favor, God discloses himself to you personally. 
You are a disciple of Jesus. Yes, you. Y-O-U. Not them, you. So, if you're going to claim God's truths, then you should be living as you believe it's true. And I will tell you, keep your hand to the plow, but don't look back. Well, the plain old truth, my fellow disciples, without the work of God the Holy Spirit, keeping your hand on the plow and your rubber necking facing forward, you will not only look back, but you wouldn't even know where you left the plow. Why is seeing and hearing so important as a disciple of Jesus? Well, first of all, it's a blessing from God that you have spiritual eyesight. So may I ask, because the physical is directly related to the spiritual and I'm going to have a Godcast on that. You can believe that. But cogitate on this. A person is physically blind. They need to be shown where to go. True or false? I know for little Graham, pushing into chairs is a must every time. No shoes left out on the floor. Clean up any spilled water. And if you use that salt and pepper, you better put it back exactly where you picked it up. So spiritually, how could a person spiritually blind find a treasure in a field without a helper? Because if they're being led by a blind guide, what's the result? Well, I'll tell you what Jesus says the result will be. It's Matthew 15, 13, and 14. But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father did not plant shall be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind. And if a blind man guides a blind man, both will fall into a pit. So please tell me, how can anyone spiritually blind find their way out of spiritual darkness? especially since Jesus says this in Matthew 6, 22 and 23. The eye is the lamp of the body. So then if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? So you have a physical eye, and that would be in your eye socket. But have you ever considered that your spiritual eye is within your heart? And no, my fellow disciples, not the one in your chest. So remember, in the God cast under the skin, the heart is the seed of the mind, and what fills the heart saturates the mind. So consequently, if your heart is full of evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness, as Jesus confirms in Mark 7, 21 and 22, then you're going to see 
their feet, their eyes, and their hands, and their whole existence living out the sin that is filling their heart and saturating their mind. Oh, you would hear, I'm a good person, yet under the skin, you fill in the blank. And if any of those that I just mentioned, you should know what pit you're heading to. Then you will see one behavior on the outside, and that's the one they desire others to see. But, my fellow disciples, what we can't see, God does, and he even conducts tests as a result of it. Listen again to Jeremiah 17.10. I, the Lord, search the heart, I test the mind, even to give to each man according to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. Isn't it interesting that God would test the mind and not the heart? Because then God confirms the condition of the heart. The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? As God testifies in Jeremiah 17.9. You know, my fellow disciples, there is only one answer to that question. Who can understand it? Well, the answer is you, Abba. You. That's the plain old truth and according to his ways, and according to the results of his deeds? Again, here's a warning from God, and surely one's need for grace, mercy, and forgiveness. It's 2 Corinthians 5.10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So, that will confirm this spiritual truth that the heart is the seed of the mind and what fills the heart soaks the mind and your mouth and feet confirm what truly lies, excuse the pun, under the skin. But there is a promise of God that we should all claim because of this sin nature and it's First John 1 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Praise God! And no, my fellow disciples, there should be no practice of sin, only righteousness. Only the practice of righteousness, my fellow disciples. Why did God bless us with the presence of love, life, and work of little Graham? I know now, but I didn't know then. But it was God. It was God loving me through my great-grandmother. By the work and power of God, I can surely see it today. Again, my fellow disciples, but God. You see, your eyes discover and direct when you physically see. You know, there's a dead end on the road you're traveling and you stop and redirect. You move over to miss a person stopped on the side of the road for a mechanical breakdown. Now, I want to inject this into our discussion today. And it's amazing because as a professional driver, I see someone about a quarter of a mile away aim high in steering for my fellow drivers who listen, but they ignore my request. You know, some call it a turn signal, and they continue to drive. 
Are they distracted in their driving? Or are they just plain old ignoring me? So if you're distracted that easily physically, can you also be distracted that easily spiritually? And the master just walk by? So, when you see a person who is only seeing what they want you to see about them and only portray a certain image about themselves, the real question is, how are they really under the skin? If it's only what they portray and completely different under the skin, your perception could be skewed by them and the truth be known by yourself as well, my fellow disciples, because there is that sinful nature that occupies all of us born on this planet, all except Jesus, that is. You're affected by your own experiences in life, how you were raised and influenced by those that are in your path of life. And that interactions that you've had with others could either be helpful or detrimental. I'm testifying to the truth. What does it mean to understand? Just because you hear it doesn't necessarily confirm that you understand anything. And for me, I was thinking about algebra. I literally paid close attention. I heard it but I did not understand the thing. I believe if God does not open a person's heart like he did Lydia to receive his word, that's in the book of Acts, it will be just like one of the three soils that didn't produce fruit mentioned by Jesus in the parable of the sower. When God saves a sinner, you begin to understand and realize this, my fellow disciples. It was God, is God, and will always be God, doing the work in, through, and about His creation. That's the plain old truth. As we head back up, take this with you. God said this, This is my... Wow. God said this, Then a cloud formed, overshadowing them, and a voice came out of the cloud, This is my beloved Son, listen to him. Mark 9, 7 To listen is work, and the deed is to go and do what God has commanded. Why listen to Jesus? Well, first of all, he and the Father are one. Can't get around that. John 10.30 He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Colossians 1.15 Now listen to this. Now God gave Solomon wisdom and very great discernment and breath of mind like the sand that is on the seashore. That's 1 Kings 4.29 and Solomon was the man on the planet in his time by God's foreknowledge and predetermined plan. And you want to know why? Because the Queen of the South came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. That was Matthew 12, 42. But, my fellow disciples, Jesus said this in Luke eleven thirty one: Behold, something greater 
then Solomon is here. That would be him, my fellow disciples. That would be him. Yeshua Amashiach. And Hebrews 3.15, while it was said, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me. And as we get ready to wrap this up, I would like to play Pastor S.M. Lockridge's sermon, That's My King, because he's a disciple of Jesus, and he has brought forth the truth about the Son of God in a way that I had never heard it before. You hear it in pieces, but all at once, it's beautiful. Just listen to Pastor Lockridge's sermon of That's My King. Listen to this. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him. My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. 
Well, my fellow disciples, I don't know. Every time I hear that, it's just truly humbling that we don't hear about our king like that. And I would pray that God would give us the passion and the love and the understanding to be able to talk about Jesus Christ like that. Let me pray for you. Abba, we love you and we thank you for today. This is a day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Abba, I'm so humbled by the truth of who you are, I can hardly speak. And I know that there will come a day when each one of us will see you as you are. Will we even be able to stand? Will we even be able to speak? Will we even be able to just grasp the magnificence of who you are and how you are? But to feel the embrace and to feel the words of truth and to be in your presence no longer ever to wonder how you are. I would imagine it would take eternity to fully understand the, just the magnitude of your greatness. Inspire them today. May those words from Pastor Lockridge be an inspiration to the disciples today that they would proclaim him too, like that. What a blessing. What a great reminder. Teach us your ways, O God. Illuminate our mind. Bring forth your spirit in someone's essence today because you are the author of faith. You are the way, the truth, and the life. You are the great I am the door, the shepherd, the bread of life, the alpha and the omega. It is true that without spiritual eyesight and hearing, a new heart and a new spirit, they cannot know. But may they be on fire today because they have received the gift of eternal life and the power of your spirit. Thank you and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Have a great day of worship and keep walking the way. <laughs>